step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And the truth shall set you free. Speak Free Radio is proud to present The Fact Hunter. The Fact Hunter radio broadcast takes a deep dive into current and historical conspiracies from around the world. We are here to fight the cabal, to show the hidden hand, and to wake up as many people as we possibly can. Join the Fact Hunter army today. So lace up your boots, ruck up, and fall into formation. Here is the fact hunter himself, George Hobbs. All right. Good morning, Speak Free Radio. My StreamYard feed just populated. And we are live, so uh, welcome aboard, everybody. It is June 1st, 2022, day number 813 to flatten the curve. Welcome aboard to the Fact Hunter radio program again on this June 1st, 2022. Uh, Lots to talk about today. Our special guest, Kayla, from Australia, will be talking about everything from COVID to the Clintons. Uh, A few things, uh, a few housekeeping items we're going to touch on first. Uh, This Friday, June 3rd, from 7 to 9 p.m. on the Perfect Triangle, uh, Giuseppe's great program. We're going to have Dr. Jim Fetzer and Rebecca Carnes uh, having a really good discussion on uh, Sandy Hook. We had them on individually as guests last week, uh, Rebecca last Wednesday and Jim Friday. Uh, Both had varying takes on the events of December 14th, 2012. Uh, We'll bring them together Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time, and uh, they'll have a spirited debate. It's going to be a great time. Don't miss it. We have it in prime time for you this Friday evening from 7 to 9 p.m. For the rest of this week, uh, don't forget uh, Blackbird 9 will be on it. I will be his guest on hour number two tonight. Uh, You don't want to miss that. Uh, Friday, I'll be back here on speakfreeradio.com at 10 a.m., uh, with our co-host Mark Warheit, and then of course Saturday from five to seven p.m. Um, it's our highly, really popular call-in show. It's been the the first two weeks has been tremendous. We've had a lot of new callers um, <clears throat> and some great takes on the things that are going on around the world. Um, 
And as far as the rest of the day's show schedule, you won't want to touch the dial at noon. It's Richie Allen's show live from noon to 2. And from 2 to 3 Eastern time, it's the National Bugle with your host, Patrick Slattery. And then again, um, at 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern time tonight, it's Frederick C. Blackburn's Breakfast Club from 8 to 10. And again, I'll be a guest on the second hour. You don't want to miss any of it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and get on with the prog- uh, with the program. We have a very special guest today coming to us from Australia, the one and only Kayla, who has been uh, on the show many times uh, on roundtables, and she did a three-hour podcast on Pizzagate. She's a, a wealth of uh, information, and I'm very glad to have her. Ladies and gentlemen, Kayla. Kayla, how are you doing today? I'm awesome, George. How are you? I'm doing really good. I know we've each had some interesting weeks, uh, but we've overcome and adapted, and, and here we go. Um, if you wanted to, to let everybody know just a little bit about yourself and kind of what got you into the, the truth community, and then after that, we want to talk a little bit about the, the things you've experienced as an Australian citizen uh, over the last couple of years uh, on a firsthand account. Okay, well, we can take those things one by one. Yeah, um, sure. A little bit about me. I'm, I'm Kayla. I mean, I, I've done a lot. Um, I was in, I was involved with the WikiLeaks party when they first ran for government over here, and that's kind of where my rabbit hole started was through WikiLeaks, of course. Um, I don't know what else to say. I'm a full-time mum. I run my own little small home business. I love talking about this stuff because I want the world to change. I don't want it to stay the same. That's a great point. I mean, I think that's why we all do it. We're all in it to make sure that uh, our children have as good a life as not better as we did. Um, so leading up to March 11th, 2020, what would you say, um, was it something that was like an overnight as far as the tyranny you all experienced down there? Or is that something you noticed over the last five to 10 years that you, you were slowly like, something's not right here. Uh, we're not as free as we believe to be. I've been talking about this stuff for a long time, a very, very long time. I don't know. It was like when, when, when everyone started, I think it was like 2011, 2012, when everyone started seeing those FEMA coffins showing up everywhere and we were trying to work out what it was for. I had the flashes of that when I saw everything unfold on from China to do with COVID. So I don't know. We've, I've been talking about this for a long time. It didn't really shock me that this happened. I was waiting for something, you know what I mean? Something ha- it's, like, it's like the proverbial punch in the face. Someone's got to swing first and they were always going to be the ones to do it. Yeah, that, that's a good point. At least uh, we know where to fight now. <clears throat> yeah, precisely. Now, have uh, much of those restrictions been rescinded? Are you, I- I'm sure you're certainly not back to your freedoms of, you know, prior to March 11th, 2020, but, but how are the state of things today? Well, Australia's been on the road for the, this tyranny for a while anyway. They took our guns in the 80s, so we've, we're pretty much disabled for, for any, any fighting back of the people over here. at the Well, that's, that's, that's loose. I've gotten a little bit more involved with the gun community in Australia, and it's actually quite strong. What little there is, it is very, very passionate, and it's very, very strong. So I, I have a little bit of hope in regards to that. But if leading up to now, we just got the announcement yesterday that all of the restrictions of WA will be lifted apparently, so no more mandatory masks. I haven't worn a mask this whole time. Anyway, 
no more mandatory masks, no more, um, like people are getting contacted by their ex-employers and asked if they want to be brought back now because the jab mandates are being taken away. So I don't know. Um, we just had a federal election that was an absolute, it was an absolute joke, a joke, like beyond a joke. We're looking into take, like there's already open court cases for the fraud that happened. They've got proof of multiple angles of fraud that happened and they were watched very carefully this time for that reason because everyone is highly alert. So that's good, right? Yeah, for sure. So you guys are having a situation similar to what we went through in 2020? Yeah, pretty much. We're, we're way to while. So that's the joke about Western Australia is that we're way to while WA. So anything that happens to you guys happens to us about six months later. Kind of like the difference between uh, the conspiracy theory and the truth, right? About six months. Pretty much, yeah, these days. <laughs> when did you end uh, At least I'm not crazy for as long as I used to be, right? Yeah, exactly. Everyone right. used to think you were crazy for years and years and years, and now it's only six-month blocks that you're crazy for certain things. <laughs> That's right. The same with preppers. They used to call preppers crazy. Now they're like, uh, oh, wow, you, you had it right all along, didn't you? Um, so when, when this first kicked off back March 11th, 2020, it was global lockstep. Uh, when did you first realize there was something, uh, wrong here? Was it day one or were, were there a, a series? It was day, day one. Day one. Yep. So about, so when it came out in March, it was really interesting, right? Because when they, um, when they announced that it was, when I saw the videos from China, I knew there was something wrong straight away. As soon as that happened, I knew there was something wrong, but about three weeks before that, uh, no, it was December. It was early December. My other half came home and he literally collapsed on the floor in tears. was an absolute mess. I've never seen the state of an, him in particular. I know him very well, obviously. I've never seen him in that state. And we are 100% convinced that that's what he had, that he had the original strain Wuhan in December. So, because we've never had anything like that run through our house. We're really healthy. When when we get sick, we get a little bit of a flu, we sleep for a day, and then we're good again. You know what I mean? That that was, it was insane what I watched him go through for that full, I think it was about 10 days he was down for. Well, 10 days. So, that was, yeah, it was 10 days. And as soon as I saw those people dropping in China, that's what I flashed to. I, I, I was like, it's already been here. We've had it. Like, whatever it is, it's been through, it's been through our family already. Wow, that's incredible. That, right, yeah, and that, you know what my first thought was when I saw those people dropping? 5G. Well, you're not the only one who thought that because if you look at the um, kind of the schedule and the locations of 5G, for example, November 1st, 2019, uh, 5G went up. It was a big story. New York Times everywhere. 5G is enacted in Wuhan, China. And then also, if you look, here's a big one for me. If you look at Africa, you look at the map of Africa, the only really country down there that got involved in 5G was South Africa. The rest of Africa did not really struggle with COVID. It was primarily South Africa. So, you know, it, yeah. while maybe, yeah, it wasn't 5G, um, there is some correlation between the rollout of 5G, the locations of 5G, and, you know, the map of the people who are infected with, you know, air quotes, COVID. Right. 
And even if it wasn't directly like the 5G, even if it was just the 5G activating something that they put in that yearly flu shot or something, it could have been anything. It could have been something that they were dropping in certain air zones over towns through the through the chemtrails. They could have been doing it anyway. You couldn't, you can't, it's like everyone getting flared up about the venom in the water. It's like, even if it's not in the water, if you're going to get so hung up on the water, right you can find very easily all you have to do is google it and google is it's not even hiding it past the first page you can google it and you can see like snake venom being made into aerosolized particles in pubmed there's actual studies for it so i don't know they think anything is possible with these freaks right so you're very much on board with dr artis's uh hypothesis well so i've been watching a lot have you ever heard of dr daniel Nagaze? Uh, not off the top of my head. He's a Canadian doctor and he, he is amazing. If when anyone that gets a chance, go, go look him up and watch as much as you can with him in it. He just recently did an interview. I'll send, I'll, I'll include it in the PDF file. And there's, um, he did an interview with a lady and he showed the slides of a Pfizer vaccine. The, I think he had the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccine. I'm not hundred percent sure in this one that I'm talking about though. So he, cause I only watched it yesterday and I've only watched it once. I usually watch things like that twice before I remember them, but he's, he had the slides and he was flashing through these slides and it showed up with the circle, the org- organelles that Dr. Artis talks about, yes. the, the, the venom organelles. So that's the, re- I'm pretty sure if I understand it correctly, that that's the part that recreates the venom inside your body nonstop. So it's part of the nanotechnology, but I'm pretty sure the organelle part of the, there's, they found them in the slides. And Dr. Nagaze is really, really smart. He's super into microbiology and he's a newly trained bi- microbiologist as well. So it means that he's got a grasp on all of the nanotechnology and things like that. Mm-hmm. And when he was talking about it, he, he was, he was, saying he didn't know what these things were and i was i was literally screaming at the screen it's organelles from venom they're they're literally what dr artist showed you like with um i think it was karen kingston in the interview he did with her um where he was showing the pictures of the rods that they were seeing and the circle the circle organelles and i was just like it's the venom Yeah, so where do you stand? Let's back up a little bit. Where do you stand on terrain theory versus germ theory, or what's your take on that? I, I'm Listen, there is so much that we have been lied to about. I don't believe anything I'm told. I don't believe anything. And I honestly, I've only just started down the Andrew Kaufman road. So I've just, I, there's, a new, there's a new series that's just come out and it's, called terrain theory and i've just started watching it i'm five episode five in and i'm i'm pretty convinced i was always convinced that they didn't know what they were doing and that they were just playing frankenstein with all this stuff you know what i mean like especially after so there's a book that's really hard to get hold of but it's called um a A world of aids and it's by uh, stephen stephen day or philip I'll have to find it. It's if Stephen Day and Philip something, but it, they talk, they break down the whole AIDS virus and it's, it is one of the most thrilling books that I've ever read. And ever since I've read it, I've never believed really in what they tell us about germs. So, um, doc, doctor, um, uh, uh, Oh, what's his name? He is magnificent. Um, uh, Oh, please. Uh, what's his name? 
he's a young guy, doctor. He talks about the terrain of your microbiome. Zach Bush, Dr. Zach Bush. He is phenomenal. He talks about how like the African people and their microbiome, one of the reasons why they don't get sick still is because they, they go out and they still hunt their animals and they still do things like that. And when they hunt the animals, they walk back with those skins over their shoulders and the gut, like the, the, the insides on their hands and like the blood on their skin and, and they, they're attached to the microbiome around them. Like they walk barefoot everywhere. They, they you know what I mean? Like yep. they're more attached to their, their, center than what we are and that's that's another reason why they stand so healthy yeah grounding is very so, important that everybody know. should do a lot of people don't you know it's important take your shoes and socks off and get out in the grass ground yourself 30 30 minutes a day and, and again you, there's a reason why they started like in rubber say that one more time i'm sorry there's a reason why they started lining shoes in rubber yeah yeah to disconnect us absolutely uh, everything they do from movies to the media. And like you said, they lie about everything. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's even the, 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 the flip side of things. They lie to us intentionally as well, because they give us just like Democrats, Republicans, terrain theory, germ theory. Well, what if there's actually a third thing out there that is, that is true. And both of what them if are, it's a- or a combination, right? They always talk about mixing truth with the lies and speaking of Dr. Bush, there is a great video um, he did. I think it was last year. It was uh, Immunity, the Innate Immune System. And he had um, Dr. Fallon, Dr. Gildea, Dr. Cowden. And it was really... Now, now he's definitely pro-Bachamp. He's very terrain theory. But he talks about... And this is something that hits home to me because the DuPont family is from Delaware. Um, that they talk about how DuPont and uh, microbiology and a lot of the things that they have done in the chemical industry uh, has really um, thrown us off for a loop uh, physically. Um, I'll find the link to that and I'll send that out on Instagram sometime. That was a really good Dr. Zach Bush is a very, very bright young man. He is amazing. He is, he is actually one of those light warriors that was sent here with that knowledge from somewhere we will never be able to explain unless you believe in god he is he is onto something that we all need to tap into yeah let me ask you this what what are what are your what's your community um in western australia what are you guys doing or are you or what should you be doing as a community to make sure what happened between march 2020 and you know currently uh, will never happen again whether it be in a year or, or 10 years or for your grandchildren? So that's, that's really hard because so WA is one of the most isolated cities in, in, on earth, yeah, and it doesn't change. So if I want to go to one of my friend's house, it takes me half an hour to get there. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. I, there's probably one person that lives within a 10-minute radius of us, and that's because she's got a little boy that plays with my son. So it's one of those things that it's like, I don't know. But when we do connect, there's like pockets. So there's pockets. And so what you guys would call a county, we call a suburb here. And a suburb uh, breaking down, you can choose by suburb which ones you can go to with or without a mask because they won't, they, none of the cops will have anything to do with it. None of the security will have anything to do with it. So, like, you can walk in. Yeah, so there's a place called Fremantle where, like, a group of ladies has gone with the council and said, hey, this is the proof, this is what the, the science is, and the council has listened and approved all of those things for the shops. 
in that in that suburb in that council area so little things like that are happening i don't know how resilient we will be to the next one because i don't have a lot of faith in the I don't have a lot of faith in the intelligence of humanity at this point, to be honest, especially after they've all had this, this, this shot, like what's to say that they don't turn on a frequency that changes them. They've been talking about zombie apocalypses for a long time. And I've always wondered how they were going to make it. And I've always made jokes. Like I've walked onto a train and there's like, everyone's on their phones. Everyone's a zombie, right? Because no one's looking at each other. No one's interacting. So that was always in my head. That was always, it's like the subtle zombie apocalypse, right? But then they did this mRNA shot and it just, I can't help but wonder what is it going to be that triggers those people because they, and I don't know whether it's a physical reaction to the shot or if it's a, it's a spiritual reaction to giving into whatever they gave into, but they seem more aggressive and they seem more angry and they, they don't like when they were ignorant before, now they're angry about being ignorant, but they refuse to move. Yeah. And I'm noticing like more aggression, like the security officer I was talking about tonight, he literally marched over to my car when he was like, oh, it was crazy. I just, the, the aggressiveness, I haven't seen like this in a long time. And that's saying something for around here because we don't have guns and stuff like that. So when something big happens, when something violent happens, when someone gets attacked, it's actually fairly big news. And it's usually just like a punch up or someone got bottled or, you know what I mean? It's not a shooting at a school like you guys just experienced. Right. That's interesting. And when, a little bit of history. So talk about when uh, Australia was uh, disarmed and how that changed, uh, again, how that changed your freedoms. Well, so I was still in America. That happened when I was born and I was born over there. Luckily, I've had a taste of what real, what real freedom means. And I think that's probably what makes me a little bit different to the most of the population here as well. Like even when I talk, you can kind of tell the difference. You can tell that I'm not from here, that I don't have the same system or culture of beliefs. So put me back online again. What were we talking about? Uh, just how, you know, how different it is to live in a country that doesn't have like a, you know, a second amendment style of uh, freedom as we do for now, I should say, you know, if Biden has his way, he'll, he'll be stripping us as soon as he can, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, we need to take care of that monster as soon as possible, because if we don't, that uh, our beloved country will fall to the wolves. And they, as they say, as as the world, you know, as United States goes, as the world goes. So, uh, you know, this is something that we certainly need to fight for. And and what? So, what are the? Refresh me on the the rules. You can buy for hunting, right? And there there's certain strict restrictions, so you, right? You're only around, allowed a So you're only allowed rifles. They're not allowed to be specialized or modified in any way. You have to have a certain amount of land to shoot on to be available all the time to shoot on. So you have to know someone with a large amount of land or have large amount of land yourself. Um, there's lots of stipulations to it. You, you're super limited in what you can get. It takes a long time. They're free to come to your home whenever they want and search it and make sure that everything's secure. Um, it just allows more invasion into your life, you know what I mean? And to be brutally honest, George, I wouldn't have even noticed. And I grew up in a gun-bearing country. I grew up with guns in my hands. My grandpa taught me to shoot when I was very, very young. I, I know guns and I love them dearly. But let me tell you, I have not found a deeper love for them than I have in the last two years because uh, 
there's been no time we've had to fight so you don't notice until you have to fight right and then when 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 it comes to what it did two years ago and they lock you down and you can't do anything and what are you going to do how are you going to get out of that yeah that's a big problem we literally couldn't get out of it even if we tried now did your middle class and, and your mom and pop type of shops did you see a collapse of the middle class like we did here? Was there a lot of mom and pop stores that had to close down and eventually went out of business? Did you see uh, that huge transition of, uh, you know, we, we saw tons of small businesses close. I, you know, Colorado Springs had upwards of 40% of their small businesses go out of sale, uh, go out of uh, business. Excuse me. Is that something that you guys saw there as well? Everything definitely took a hit, but I think we were mostly online anyway. I think most of the small businesses here like, I mean, if I go to a suburb, there's definitely more lease signs in windows. Don't get me wrong. Like if I go to a shopping center, there's definitely empty shops where there wasn't empty shops before, but I don't, it wasn't, it wasn't as noticeable as what it would be over there walking down the street. Like a lot of people just went from home and online because we had the ability to. Like, I don't know. I think, I think everything kind of suffers when it, that sort of stuff happens anyway. Like my business is dreadlocks. So I, I do dreadlocks and a lot of my business was people like backpackers and stuff like that, that used to come through. So I never used to be online. And then all of a sudden I had this need to be online because I couldn't access customers. But even then I was classed as a hairdresser. So hairdressers and frontliners were two of the hardest hit places here. Were you as shocked as we were to see so many people uh, bow to the government as far as closing their churches and closing their businesses or not? Listen, unfortunately, Australia is not as a godly place. I think that's probably why we're a lot easier to control as well. It's not a very godly place. They don't have a culture of God here. It's definitely not. Listen, I'm more likely to get mocked walking down the road talking about Jesus than I am Satan. So I think that that switch has already happened here. That's a pretty powerful statement. (laughs) Uh, And I'm deadly serious when I say it. If I walk down the street and I started preaching with the, like with the Satan's Bible in my hand, Anton Lombay in my hand, I would have more attention than I would if I had a Bible and I was preaching, I would probably get attacked if I was preaching with a Bible in the city at this point. And that, that would have happened five years ago before COVID. Well, that is definitely uh, worrisome. Do you think, uh, you know, I played a clip the other day, I think a Memorial Day, uh, your friend Jacinda, uh, the, the one next door there in New Zealand, she was giving a commencement speech in uh, at Harvard. She, she was uh, invited there to give a speech, uh, the commencement speech, and she was bragging about how they had socialized medicine. excuse me, and they were restricting guns. And not only did she get an ovation, she got a standing ovation. And this is supposed to be the best best and the brightest of our country. Uh, And it was quite alarming. Uh, And I know Dan Andrews is your your guy over there, right? So Dan Andrews is the Victoria. So if we're going to look at a prime minister, that's ScoMo. I think that's changed now with the federal election, though. I think that's changed. Anyway, regardless if it's changed or not, they're the same thing. It didn't matter. Labor and Liberal got in. It didn't matter. It, they both have the seats. It's exactly like the right and the left over there. It doesn't matter. Same divide and conquer, hard. the same scheme. Yeah, 100%. Oh, 
it's it, it's and you know what it's even better because it's run by the queen we don't actually have a president that runs by himself he swears himself to a queen first the queen of england yeah absolutely because we're not because we're not part of the um because we're part of the um the british rule the same as canada so he he pledges allegiance to them before his own country mm-hmm. that's interesting to the queen of england yes it is very interesting isn't it so where do you want to go first? Do you want to talk about uh, COVID? What are your thoughts on it? How it was brought about? Sorry, say that again, George. No, you're good. I said, did you want to touch on COVID, the, the origins, what your thoughts are on that? I know you're well read into it and how it was dispersed. <sighs> you know, what's really interesting that I found in my research for this show, George. What's that? They were researching monkeypox at Wuhan. Yeah, that was 2015, right? About seven years oh, ago. It's just like you can't make it, you can't make it up. You cannot. There is a di- uh, coincidences have taken over my life for a long time. That's beyond a coincidence at this point. You can't call that a coincidence. But COVID and its ori- origins. Listen, it doesn't matter where its origins were. In my opinion, the origins were the vaccine. No one here got COVID, registered COVID, until they started vaccinating every single person here that they could get their hands on. I we I just said that to this lady today on the phone. I, she was like, have you been exposed to COVID? And I was like, hmm, no, but funny that you asked me that because I've known more people now being exposed and having COVID than I have two years ago when COVID was out. So where did it come from? The vaccine, maybe, because we we've only just opened our borders in the last couple of weeks as well again, and they can't blame it on that because it's not the out of overseas people that are getting it. Right, because you guys had the most draconian lockdowns of almost all the countries. You had people coming in. Was it when people came to Australia, they had to um, isolate for like fourteen days at their own expense in hotels? And you saw the videos of people just screaming and banging on doors. You know, let me go. That was Australia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's there's um there's also a place in the Northern Territory that's a it's an open and working camp, and they take people there that have been exposed. yeah, there's a lady that did a did a big thing about it when it first happened. When they first started taking people there, they've got they've got these guys in full hazmat suits in the middle of the desert, George. In the middle of the desert. Do you understand what that means as a virologist? Now, listen, I'm not a virologist. I'm not a doctor, but I I know a lot, and I've got a really good memory. I've got a good enough memory to know that germs are killed by the sun, and we live in the middle of a desert. It gets to fifty like 55 degrees in the middle of summer out there that's like 110 Isn't right that, yeah something crazy like that nothing lives through that barely we do you know what i mean and that's funny uh, when, when, the, when all this stuff kicked off what did they tell you stay inside right stay inside where you're going to be trapped from the sunlight where you're more likely 85 percent. so there's an actual there's an actual percentage so if someone in your household gets sick and you don't stay on top of the cleaning and stuff because of just the contacts spots on like counters and stuff like that because you're in that close contact quarter where you've lived with them for a long period of time there's no way to ex- there's no way to not expose yourself to it it's like 85% or something crazy like that that get 
exposed will get it from a, a, someone that lives within the same home as them. That's why they were, they were even recommending, they were literally locking people down in their own homes here, like kids from parents in their own homes and making it so that they had to use a separate toilet from the rest of the family. What kind of joke is that? And people were following these rules, George. Yeah, and, and when I hear stories like that, that's when I, I become discouraged. And, and I mentioned the other day that even if we, this because I started the broadcast with, we can't pass this on to the next generation, right? Like here in the States, we allowed Kennedy's murder. Everybody who was involved with Kennedy's murder is dead, right? Uh, the, the, <laughs> the greatest lie ever before mankind, the moon landing. And still to this day, NASA gets NASA, NASA, <laughs> nasty NASA, NASA that was not a, a space agency, gets $60 million a day. Uh, and they perpetuated the biggest lie on mankind, right? But what is the greatest accomplishment, uh, the greatest achievement of mankind, the moon landing? It, that's a lie. So th these things continue on. And now look, 9-11 is already over 20 years old. George W. Bush is still walking around and giving, you know, speeches, making 200 grand in appearance and laughing about, you know, you know, how we rolled into Iraq under false pretenses, all of it. So, well, here's what I was getting to. Number one, we, we can't pass this on to the next generation because it'll be way too late if it's not now. But the other thing that bothers me is when I look at the next generation, and I've had a lot of uh, interactions with some younger folks at like maybe Lowe's and the little flower markets, I don't think they care. So even if we overcome this, when we do hand it off, when we die off and the next generation comes, I think maybe everything that we gain may fall right back. What are your take on? And again, I don't like to categorize everybody as, you know, a whole generation. But um, if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. I I You know, it's so interesting that you asked that question. I literally had this conversation last night because uh, I met I met I had an interaction with a kid that really left me wondering for the next generation. And I was. I couldn't work out whether to laugh or cry, George. I literally couldn't work out whether to laugh or cry. Listen, I hope that by us being ex existing and having kids ourselves and by teaching them new ways, by teaching them new but old ways that have been taken from us over time, like, I don't know, like when people hear that my kids have never had an antibiotic, that they've never had a Panadol, they've never had a Tylenol, they've never had any pharmaceutical drug whatsoever, they've never had anything like that put into their bodies ever, they've never needed it. They are literally mind blown. They cannot, they cannot comprehend the fact that my kids aren't sick. There's like even the nurses like I did this nursing checklist you know the checklist for like do you have any heart problems do you have this do you have that do you have this so I, I took I took for a checkup because I wanted to do just like a basic height check-in and stuff like that sure actually to be brutally honest the government sent me an uh, a letter in the mail saying that if I didn't take my son to a registered practitioner doctor and have him looked over that they would come to my home what so on that note, I took my son to a trusted physician and I let him have a, a say hello because he hadn't seen him since he was in my womb. So it was the first time he was meeting him at five. And when he met him and I went through the nursing checklist with the nurse and like like the, the nurse was like, oh, does he have asthma? Does he have this? Does he have that? And I said no to everything. We got to the end of the list and she looked at me and she blinked a couple of times like she couldn't register the fact that that whole form was not needed. 
It was completely nil and void. There was nothing on there to note for him. She literally looked at me and went, "Mm, can we do that again just to make sure? What? Like, I listen, I just, I think that if we teach our kids new ways, I think that if we give them the knowledge that they need, I think that we have a chance because unfortunately, and listen, I'm not, there's something that I've really had to grasp in the last two years and it's, I'm, I have to not let my emotions take over the facts because right now in our existence, there is going to be some really hard times ahead and anyone that's had this vaccine is going to suffer the consequences of this vaccine in one way or another, whether it's now, whether it's straight after they had the vaccine or whether it's in three to five years. Something, unfortunately, is going to be wrong with them, whether or not it's because even if they don't die, right, even if unfortunately, and I'm really sorry to say this because I know a lot of listeners probably have had the shot. I don't, I don't know how to handle that as a human being but as, a, as my science brain takes over and I'm, I erase my emotions out of that, I have to look at the realistic numbers that we're going to be left with. Who didn't take the shot? Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. a question. Who didn't take the shot? So the people that I know that didn't take the shot, they leave me with hope for the earth and the generations that they bring forth because they will be, unfortunately, they will be either the only ones that bring forth healthy children or children without these alterations. Like Dr. Nagais, Daniel Nagais that I was talking about before, he was saying on in, during one of his speeches, he says, like, who's going to have this conversation with future generations that are born from people that have had this vaccine when we realise that if we don't get rid of this pollutant out of our genetic out of our genetic code as human beings, who's going to have that hard conversation with those kids and tell them that they're never going to be allowed to have a family? Who's going to have the hard conversation and tell them that they're never going to be allowed to have another child because we need to get rid of what we did to them? They didn't choose that. They didn't choose any of this. I certainly didn't. You didn't. There's a large number of people that didn't choose this. Yeah. And for me, uh, my my awakening, especially on the the pharmaceutical pharmacia side, I'm really blessed that it happened on that side of uh, March 11th, 2020, because I came across uh, Eustace Mullins' great book, Murder by Injection. That opened my eyes. And again, I don't agree with every single facet of it, but it was enough to open my eyes and do more research. Then you find out, oh, this president that I thought was the greatest, Ronald Reagan, he, in 1986, took all the pharmacy companies off the hook. You can't hold them accountable. Imagine. Why is the, why, why is the pharmaceutical business the only industry in the world? And maybe there's a couple other. But, I mean, if I'm driving my Ford F-150 down the street and it just randomly blows up, I'm going to sue Ford and probably win. Um, mm-hmm. These type of things. However, they can make something, put it in your body. And you cannot hold them accountable for it. That, that's a huge red flag. And then you start to look at how right after that, how the schedule for immunizations just sharply rise. And, mm-hmm. of course, you know, autism, you know, we've touched that a million times. But what it was a little surprising to me. And I know there's still a lot of people that are dead asleep. But I was really shocked that I, I thought it was common knowledge that people knew. And, again, I'm using air quotes when I say safe. But most 
you know, leading up to March 11th, 2020, or actually later in the year when they brought the shots around, that it took, you know, the story was it took up to 12 years for vaccines to be tested for their safety. And uh, if you believe the story, it was about Operation Warp Speed was about nine months. And still, by that time when they started rolling out the shots, which would have been December 2020, January 2021, it was common knowledge around most people that, listen, if you got COVID, unless you were, you know, 400 pounds and had a couple other things going on, you were just going to, you know, get a little ill for a few days and be better. So it still shocked me that people were willing to roll up their sleeve and become these experimental, um, you know, uh, lab rat. I don't like to use that word, but, you know, they, they were willing to become experiments. They, they haven't even been able to test this on rats, George. It kills every animal that they put it in. Yeah. Literally. Like, uh, there is no denying that. And unfortunately, like, there was plenty. Listen, there has been plenty of people screaming about this crap for years. And at this point, those mums and those people like Barbara Lowe Fisher and stuff that were screaming about the DPT vaccine back in the 80s, you know what? Those women led the path to where we are today. They're the ones who went and did the hard work. They're the ones who had to go to the libraries because they didn't have computers. They didn't have internet. They had to learn how to speak doctor. They had to learn how to be their own doctors and teach every single person like me and you how to get to that point and then the internet happened there is not in my opinion not one reason why someone that is a responsible adult doesn't ask the question why are you going to put a needle into my day one old baby it's as simple as that literally I don't like needles. Does anyone want a needle willingly? Do you want needles willingly? Of course not. Exactly. That's an instinct. That's a natural God-given instinct. That's like being bitten by a snake. And that goes into the venom, right? It's not, the needle is a but, representation of a snake's fang, right? A hundred percent. Because that, how do you, okay. So if you were, so some snake venoms, right? If you were to digest it, so say you got, so say you got hit with a, a, a spitting cobra. The spitting cobra's active proteins have an effect on touch, right? When when you're talking about the venom that, like, say, Dr. Artis is referring to, that is a fang activated. That has to be injected. If you swallow that, yeah, okay, it might make you a little bit sick. It might make your stomach act a bit freaking weird. It might freak your liver out a little bit. But it's not going to have the same effects that it would as if it had bitten you and injected it into your body that way. It's completely different. Ask a drug addict. Ask a drug addict. You want to go back to basics, go talk to someone that smokes smokes versus injects. It's completely different. Do you know what I mean? Like even eating it, it's completely different. There is a reason why medically those things are classified differently. We have inbuilt mechanisms to protect us from poisons like that. Right, but all that gets bypassed if it's put directly in your body via uh, a needle. Or a fang. Or a fang, yeah, precisely. Mm. So, but what I was going to say, when you asked me about the origins of COVID, just rounding that background, it, when, when we talk about the origins of COVID, in my opinion, the proof says that the patent that was written for the COVID shot that came from China is where that came from. 
because what the Chinese did was they loaded up a code on a computer from CRISPR and they went, oh, yeah, this is what you use to make the vaccine. And then the whole, the whole world's governments went and co collectively injected that into every single frontline person that they could in the world on every, on every front from one of the countries that everyone is the most worried about what just on that face alone i just on that face alone that that we are in a phase three of war okay there has been over a million shots fired over the bow and no one sees it because there has not been one explosion but what are you going to do if you're a country that's overrun right so if you talk so if you're talking about China, right? So you know the one baby rule? Yes. So they've got they've got a massive issue with with lack of women in the rural areas of China right now to the point where what do you think they want to do? Otherwise they're going to they're literally going to die out. They and it's only just hitting now. So I can't remember what year that was introduced. I'm pretty sure it was the late 90s, early 2000s that that was first introduced. That one baby rule. I think it was actually back <clears throat> with Mao in the, the the 40s or 50s. But I looked that up while you talk. Right. Well, it, so that time gap from whenever it happened to now is what we're going to experience from this shot. Right. We can use that as a direct a direct idea as to how this shot is going to affect us. So the rate of miscarriages and um, spontaneous abortions right. has risen in the DOD registry by 8,000%. 8,000%, George, in a year. That is, that is, they literally have registered over 10,000 lives lost in baby form through the army. These people, the military, these women sacrifice their families. You know this. You are you are one of these people. You're one of these soldiers that went out and fought for the country. And now look at what they've been reduced to. They can't even have a family. Yeah, the, uh, if if you didn't agree to the jab, you were you were uh, chaptered. You were you know shown the door out of the military. And I'll tell you, <clears throat> by the way, we were both wrong. It was implemented in 1980, and it actually ended in 2016. I forgot about that. They did uh, bring that uh, to an end. They said the policy was enacted to address the growth rate of the country's population, uh, which obviously, you know, what is it, well over 1.1 billion people in that one country. Um, but again, that was fi five or six years ago, and, and I'm pretty sure uh, China probably has one of the higher vaccination rates. So that's definitely just going to double down on their uh, eugenics numbers for sure. Well, here's another surprise for you. Guess what? China didn't give their population the COVID vaccine that we did. Oh, they used, did they use uh, something that was not mRNA? No, I think that I, I, I haven't worked that out exactly. But there was a there was a new um, there was a new leaked audio that's come out in the last couple of weeks that I've been waiting for more than one person to um, transcribe from mm -hmm. Chinese. But it's um, it's like a full on war table of some of the richest generals of a province over there, and they're talking about um, a naval maritime attack. So whether or not it's Taiwan or listen, eighty five percent of our population in Australia is on the border. They need land, and they need. Well, I don't know if they need people or women to like 
breed with. I don't know, George. There's so many. There's so many. There's so many suspicions when it comes to that stuff and why they would have done this. I have no idea, but I do know that they are responsible for it, and there is something that's going on when it comes to them. And there has been some uh, U.S. operations on the northern uh, border of Australia with uh, with Chinese in the recent months, right? The U.S. Navy or U.S. military up there in the northern part of uh, Australia? Well, and they, they see it so about 2016, the year my son was born, I had this, I had this little notification pop up. And I remember reading it and going, uh-oh, they built these illegal airstrips all over the outback, like in some of the like biggest mining towns. And everyone kind of said, oh, it's okay. It's just because the Chinese are like, the, it's the mining towns, right? But they were illegally put there. And there was, um, I'm pretty sure there was like four of them. And they're all like in certain areas and they're all near major ports. Now, I don't know if that listen if they're putting this dna shot if they're putting this mrna shot into the whole population there's no way our government isn't bought out to these people so i don't know why this is a shocker but i mean it's possibility right if they if they're sold out i don't know and if you even go to your favorite search engine and put you know could china attack australia there's hundreds of articles as i mean just within weeks talking about how um, I mean, I guess it's been 80 years since you guys had your little Pearl Harbor event with China uh, back then. Um, I guess those fears are not uh, isolated. A lot of people are worried about that because I guess Darwin's, uh, Darwin's location and the military bases there would make it a very uh, strategic place to take over. Well, and then you think about its disposition, like the disposition of like owning half the earth as well. Like literally, so uh, in my opinion, if they're going to take Australia, they're going to take Australia to try and scare you guys. Do you know what I mean? They'll use Australia as the as the playground so that they can build whatever they need to here for their populace because they won't. See, the Chinese are really resourceful. They'll bring people over here and they'll populate the land like we aren't right now. Like they'll populate places that we we aren't like that you could drive for miles and not see anything. There are hundreds of miles. You can drive across the Nullarbor and not come across another human being. That's like a that's like a, almost a 16-hour drive, a 19-hour drive. Like so they could they could be they could already be populating the center of Australia and we wouldn't know about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. I, I think there's some people out there who don't understand the size of uh, the landmass of Australia. It's it's enormous. I saw a really interesting comparison the other day. It was um, so uh, I can't remember which country it is, but like two whole countries fit into the size of Australia. Like it's it's insane, and it's all it's it's all empty space pretty much. Like if you look at a, a map of Australia, most of the little towns you see in the centre of Australia have like if one or two people there, then no one there. They're actually abandoned mine towns, mining towns. Literally, probably, I think it's like 93% of the population of Australia live on the outside near the coasts. So it wouldn't be hard. All they'd have to do is take a couple of major ports. Sure. Sydney, Melbourne, Darwin, and they'd be uh, rocking and rolling Fremantle. at that point. Yeah, Fremantle. They would, take, they would take, I reckon they would take 
I reckon they would have to go. I reckon they would do WA first because it is the biggest. It's the biggest state and it's the most vast piece of land. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like so, they would be able to. They would be able to put themselves here, control what's here, and because we are so isolated, it would be very easy to manipulate, like say, the internet connections and things like that as well. And the well, who knows what they're capable of when it comes to that anymore, right? And is your government very much in bed with the Chinese government as we are? I mean, we're their number one debtor, so we're obviously a debt slave to them. Well, we have airfields being built in our outback and no, nothing happening. We have politicians being paid millions, if not billions of dollars funneled from places that just, yeah, 100% they're in bed. And it's because they're all pedophiles. It's easy to manipulate a pedophile. Yeah, and we will definitely touch on that uh, in hour two. We want to talk about your interactions with Julian Assange and everything that went on between, I guess, when did this all first come to rise? 2015, 2016? Mm, what, Pizzagate? Yeah. Yeah, 20, 2016. And since we have five minutes, what's are you uh, on track with Julian Assange's current state? What's his uh, status? What's going on with him? Well, actually, I just we just finished a fundraiser for his dad. His dad just had to have major heart surgery, so that was that was interesting. Um, on the Julian front, I think right now what we're doing is we're raising money a lot of a lot of money for his his whole the whole lawyer support thing is massive, and trying to find lawyers to support his case is really hard. Well, sure, that's <laughs> yeah, because you're going up against uh, the largest uh, enemies in the world, you know, governments. In, in this case, the U.S. federal government and uh, the Clintons. And everybody knows what happens when you get on the bad side of the Clintons. You become uh, you suicide yourself. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm not sure a lot of people who's going to jump in line to help him out. Is he still? Because last I heard, he's waiting extradition. Is he still? Where is he in UK right now? I believe so. I believe so. I have to double check that, but yeah, he is in the UK as far as I'm, I'm aware. But yeah, waiting a awaiting extradition. That's why we're raising money at the moment because the lawyers that are fighting for it, so they've been delayed. They've been delayed like something crazy, like eight times, which is unheard of in their court system. Can I just say? So something's going on. Not a hundred percent sure if it's a delay trying to wait to see if they can avoid it because of the uproar that they're going to experience if they do do it. Because I think, I think the British are really worried about the reaction they're going to get from the people at this point. If they extradite him here? Yeah. Because they know what's going to There's, happen here. He's going to have the same ending as Epstein and everybody else. If Epstein even died, but you get what I'm saying. A hundred percent, yes. Yeah, I mean it, and uh, I've heard he's been struggling with his health. Um, what happened with his dad? You said he had to have heart surgery. Yeah, he had to have some major heart surgery in the last week or so. Um, he's doing good though. He came out the other end. He's doing good. Uh, Julian, listen, Julian's been experiencing health experiencing health problems since the embassy. He was locked in a building for ten years. That can't. That's not. That is not human. That's not human. Not even able to go outside and get any fresh sunlight or anything? 
the most sunlight that man could get was opening a window. And if he opened a window, they had to make sure he wasn't going to get assassinated. They w- they had a special person that tasted his food and drink in there before he had it because they were trying to poison him and stuff. It's really, 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 it's, it's intense what he's gone through. And, you know, that's... <sighs> This is what worries a lot of people within the truth community because, I mean, he's, he's a, a, for the definition, he is a truther. He's somebody who came across some evidence and some very disturbing things, and he, and he tried to put it out there to let people know what was really going on. And sadly, this is how uh, the governments, especially the United States government, works. If you get in the way of the agenda or you try to make any of the ruling elite class look bad, they have no problem. Um, doing away with you. They don't lose a wink of sleep. Look what they did on September 11th, 2001. They murdered 3,000 mm-hmm. people and they, don't, they didn't lose a wink of sleep. Look what they just did to everyone with this COVID shot. Yeah. They're laughing at us right now. They are literally laughing at us, George. Uh, they are literally going like this, counting their dollars and laughing their asses off at our stupidity. I, I had this epiphany the other day. I've got 10 chickens. I love chickens. They bring me so much happiness and so much joy. Yeah, me too. It's, I know. Isn't it stupid? <laughs> These crazy little two-legged winged things that cluck at me. I love it. And they're amazing. But I've had this epiphany over the last few weeks, just like spending a lot of time out there with them and in, in nature. And I've realized that humans aren't sheep. Right, because I've done shearing. I've I've been I've been part of I've been aroused about. I've been with sheep. I've rounded up sheep. I have sheared sheep. Humans are not sheep. Sheep work together to keep each other safe. Right? They're actually pretty smart. They might get a bit freaked out if you try and grab them, but doesn't every animal? Like if you're aggressive with them, you know oh, what I mean? Sure. Especially if they can't look up and behind themselves. You know what I mean? They're yeah. a bit fat. They're a bit fluffy, especially when they've got all their fluff. They can't really see very well. They can't turn very well. But they're really good at having each other's backs. If one sees another, like another one being hurt, it will do something, right? It activates itself. It's part of it's, part of its pack. You know what I mean? Chickens, on the other hand, I've got this walkway that they run up every morning and it's, it's probably about two and a half feet wide. And I walk out there with my bucket full of scraps and there's seed and sometimes a little sneaky dog biscuit because they love dog biscuits for some reason. Crazy ladies. And I'll start, I'll call them. I'll be like, ladies. And they all come. One second. We're going to our our commercial break. Uh, Don't touch that dial. Ladies and gentlemen, hour two going to get into some very interesting stuff you don't want to miss it you're listening to the fact hunters radio broadcast on this june 1st 2022 don't touch that dial deceit telling the truth is a revolutionary act those words resonate today more than ever before now let's get back to the fact hunter only on speakfreeradio.com and welcome back to our number two of the fact hunters radio broadcast right here on speakfreeradio.com on this june 1st 2022 as we welcome back our special guest for today, Kayla, 
who resides in Western Australia. In hour one, she gave us kind of a peek of what life was like uh, in Australia, which is one of the countries who really experienced the most tyranny. Uh, when you look at the world, Canada went through a lot. I mean, listen, it, it was a worldwide you know, deal. Some people had it a little worse. Hour two, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about her interactions with Julian Assange, how she kind of fell into Pizzagate. She did some research with uh, Julian Assad, she's had some direct interactions. And uh, look, this is really um, deep subject matter. Uh, it will definitely be kept PG-13. But you know, to say that none of this stuff goes on would be blind because we see it all the time. Look at Boys Town. Uh, I think that was in Nebraska. It, it happens all the time. You see these leaders, the Boy Scouts, the Vatican, right? This has been going on for years. So if you turn a blind eye to it, uh, that's completely wrong. Uh, so we're going to talk about this as adult subject matter. So, uh, Kayla, why don't we first lead off with how did you first come into, uh, you know, the Pizzagate and Julian Assange? What, you know, what was that experience that led you to all that? So the Julian Assange stuff happened. So my my involvement with the WikiLeaks party, WikiLeaks party happened, which was a, which was a, um, it was a way to try and get him a Senate seat so that we could get him out of the embassy. And that was around the 2012 mark, 2013. Um, and uh, so I've always had I've always had something to do with WikiLeaks. Like um, when the Bradley Manning stuff first happened, and I don't like calling him or her Chelsea Manning, whatever. I just kind of like that whole thing was just an absolute mess. But when it first happened, it was real. And those things that he that he released to the general public, we needed to see because people like you were suffering the consequences, George. You know what I mean? Yep. We were fighting a war that, like, we weren't even fighting a war. We were killing civilians for fun and running over their bodies for fun. So I don't know. I've I've had a lot to do with WikiLeaks um, for a long time. So the Pizzagate stuff was always going to happen, I guess, because of the release of the emails. And when was the big drop? Was that 2016, the one that really uh, led to his demise? It happened early. It happened early 2016, yeah. What, the Pizzagate stuff? Yeah, yeah when those Pizzagate emails stuff happened out. early 2016. Okay. And at that point, did he knew what he, did you think he knew what he was really, did he know what he was getting into? A hundred percent. He posted the, he posted, so the WikiLeaks Twitter, if you look back, you can, you can tag a week before the, the, the emails dropped, they posted um, the FBI report that showed the pedophilic symbol symbology that the, the FBI had registered uh, that showed the, the symbology that pedophiles were using, say, online or in real life to find each other and to communicate with each other. And are you talking about the triangle with the, the three lines, that, that symbol? Yeah, and the heart within the heart, and there's other ones now that they've they've developed now. But yes, yes, those are the. And so, just to give everyone an idea, the reason why cheat. So, just to give uh, an overall idea of how these codes work. So, cheese pizza, which is the whole idea, Pizzagate cheese pizza is also CP, which is child pornography. So it breaks down like that in the symbology as well. So you can go to websites like there's I've I've, I've got tons of screenshots of places like um like on local advertising things advertising cheese pizza in in sex ads. 
What? Yeah. And what was the what was the woman's name who was a big into purses and all that stuff? And I showed you that picture. She had a purse made in the shape of a pizza. The one who ended up dying and her husband came out in the rat mask. Mm, I can't even remember her name, George. Kate what is Spade. Her name? Oh my gosh. Kate Spade. That is. Yes, that's it. Um, I found a whole bunch of stuff after we talked about that. Like I, I went on a whole new rabbit hole after we talked. Because like I said when we originally talked about this, it doesn't matter how many things that you look at in this subject, it leads you down another rabbit hole that leads you back to what we're talking about. So like the only reason why it was so huge and the reason why it got so much fact-checking and attention was because it was real. Yeah, and, and like literally real. I think people have figured it out that when the press comes to fact check something, that is the ultimate sign that it is indeed true, <laughs> right? I mean, that's become right, quite but obvious. When it was happening when it when this was originally happening, though, George, fact checking had never happened before. That's right. Fact checking was all new. Like that 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 year was the first time my profile on Facebook had ever been deleted. Like I've a whole the whole time, like I've. I've still not even gotten it back. Like they wanted me to send. So I got this notification while I was on Facebook one night about six, it was about eight weeks after the whole Pizzagate thing had broke. And I was, I was hitting it hard. I was like, and I was using Facebook still at that point to communicate. Cause I wasn't quite, I wasn't quite being that, I was careful, but there was, it was easier to talk on Facebook. Right. And it wasn't, we weren't wary of it at that point. After this, we were. Because my profile got deleted, all these algorithms were messing up, groups were getting split up. That's when we discovered Discord and started using it a bit more. So, and then Discord, now Discord's been taken over too. So, just so everyone is aware, don't just run to Discord and use Discord for safety. Yeah, I think Facebook and Twitter were the first two, which were, I think, were both products of DARPA anyway. They were just rebranded and uh, set out, and people were. Glad to put out, you know, hey, here's what I'm doing today. Here's where I'm at today. So it was definitely a treasure trove uh, for especially our government and, and the CIA to track people and what they were doing. And I think these type of social media platforms played a great role into setting up people for the January 6th event. Right. They were able to infiltrate these groups via social media, not just in person. And they were able to lead people into the, you know, just create that whole event. Uh, via, you know, agent provocateurs on the ground and infiltrating social media. Uh, and now, look, you have people sitting in jail for the last year and a half. <laughs> and now people are scared. No matter the level of tyranny, they're going to say, well, I don't want to go to Washington, D.C. because they'll throw me in the clank and I'll never see my family again. So all of it is uh, Edward Bernays mind control type of things to scare people. And that goes back my to COVID, to scare people, to ask the government, please, you know, secure us whatever it takes even if it costs a little bit of my freedom just secure us if you read michael aquino's book on psychological warfare he wrote the book literally he wrote the book if you read his book this is you could read it page for page day for day and watch the media and watch the way our governments are doing things and it's a playbook you've got a playbook in him yeah and going back to pizzagate the symbology everything from Epstein Island to that uh, little temple on his island to the logos, you know, Manly P. Hall, which is one of the most important books I ever read, which was the secret teachings <coughs> for the ages, says that when the human race learns to read the language of symbolism, a great veil 
will fall from the eyes of men. And that's why it's important. Like when I went back and watched uh, Contagion after being awake, fully awake and being hip to the, the, you know, the medical side of things they try to push. When you see how they subliminally try to make you scared of touching other people, right? And that's what it was because the playbook for these folks has always been eugenics. Uh, and that's inscribed in the very first law or rule, whatever you want to call it, on the Georgia Guidestones. They wanted to keep the world population to 500 million people uh, in perpetual balance with nature. You know, something like that. I'm sure it's not verbatim. But it's always no, been. That, no, you uh, got it verbatim, George. Oh, I'm impressed for my 53-year-old brain. But when you look at whether it's the Bush family back in the 30s, um, Bill Gates Sr., uh, who sat on the board with Margaret Sanger, Bill Gates, who said right in front of a camera on a TED Talk that they have to control the population, yet we walk right into their traps every time. Hang on, let's be real specific there. He said that he was going to control the population through contraception and vaccination. Let's and, be real specific. And if you don't know what he did to the population of India and much of Africa, that's something everybody should read up Yep, 100%. So let's uh, go back to Pizzagate. He drops the, um, the WikiLeaks, this massive you know, file in early 2016. Much of it exposes the Clintons. And of course, at that time, um, Hillary is preparing or is running for president at that time. So what are the events that followed when you started reading these things? How did you ascertain what was true and what was the things that were kind of going through your mind when you were reading through these, uh, this treasure trove of information? Well, first, I, when I, I remember thinking, I remember looking at my screen at, at one point and looking at the name on the top of the email and literally blinking a couple of times and asking myself, is this real? Like I, I don't think it took it took me a sol it's take you know what it took me years to truly absorb what Pizzagate is. And it's taken me years to be able to go back to it and look at it um, more thoroughly again because there's so like I said before, there's just it doesn't matter what angle you go down, it is another angle. And I truly believe I truly believe that it wasn't Hillary Clinton's exposure that got her that didn't get her the presidency. I believe that it was the exposure of John Podesta and Tony Podesta. I believe that it was the exposure of those two men. That, do you notice how they've disappeared? You very rarely see them because anyone that is anyone, if, even if, if one of the last times I saw John Podesta live on live TV, they asked him live about Pizzagate. And he, he, he was just a stuttering mess and he denied it all, of course, because who's not going to deny something of like course. that on live TV? But I haven't seen him since because he can't lie about it. Listen, when you see photos of that man, you can look up photos. Just look up John Podesta and the fish, right, on, on Google. Just go even not, – not even on Google. Go on to DuckDuckGo or Yandex. Use a different one because this might be scrubbed from the internet at some point. But there is a picture of John Podesta standing with his hands up like this in front of him like this, and there's a fish and there's a 14 on the palms of his hands. And everyone got distracted by the symbolism of that, right? But if you look really closely, 
all of his knuckles all along here look like he's grabbed hold of a, a sharp a sharp barbed knife or barbed wire and he's he's like he's got these massive scars where his fingers are actually mangled and crooked right and you can see like it's 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 interesting to look at it's something that you go look at now um it, i'll remind you gently of a, a marina abramovich she has she has this spell that needs that calls upon you to cut the fingers of your hands in the very similar way and do very interesting things that he has the markings to show that he's done those things regularly for a long time he's got the scars to prove it i'd like to see his belly i'd like to see that man shirtless to be brutally honest and i wouldn't say that about many men even the hot ones but I'd like to see him shirtless because documenting those scars would be really, really, really interesting. And again, that's interesting because everybody looks at the numbers and the fish and I'd never even thought to look at that as well. I'm going to have to go back and try to find that. Mm. Well, it's easy. See, and that's the thing, George, right? Because you can look at those symbolisms and there's something behind the symbolism. Right, that exactly. As well, right. But then again, there's another rabbit hole through the scars. And then, uh, yeah, it doesn't matter what what you look at with Pizzagate. There are so many angles, even just in one photo, it's mind-blowing. So there was a really large group of us that were looking into it when it first dropped. And we knew there was going to be stuff in there. We knew that there was going to – there had to be, right? Like there had to be. She's They're the most corrupt people in the world and we all knew it. Everyone knows it. It's just a matter of saying it out loud, right? Like Bill Clinton had no problem lying to the American people blatantly, bold-faced about his sex life in the White House. So yeah. how could they not lie about killing someone? You know what I mean? Like, anyway, so when we found out that that was a legit thing that, well, obviously it was always legit because WikiLeaks dropped it. Julian doesn't drop anything. He can't, he can't prove. He's a true journalist when it comes to that. And he goes through this, he goes through the items before he drops them to make sure that nothing is going to put anyone in danger. So I'll give him, I'll give him tabs for that. He is really a true, true journalist. He is very much in line with James O'Keefe in that arena, the online James O'Keefe. Yeah. Project. Cause he, he does. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But he does, he does stuff live yep. he, where Julian does stuff where it's documents and online stuff. Right. Yeah. Old school journalist. Yeah. hundred percent. We need more of them. I'm so glad that those two men exist, though, because they've taught us a lot about the world that we thought we lived in. Let me ask you this. A lot of people uh, ask if that was a distraction. Like for me, Q was always something I thought maybe it came out of the gate as something genuine and honest. And then honestly, I believe it became hijacked. Uh, with, you know, JFK was coming back and this type of thing. Um, what were the. Oh, go ahead. You want to add on to that? Go ahead. So, so th that's really interesting because that happened in real time for me while I was going through the Pizzagate stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Seth, Seth Rich is was Seth Seth Rich was the guy that dropped the documents to Julian Assange, in my opinion. Sure, sure, right. And he was shot. So there is emails that 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 exist that show that John. I can't remember if it's John or Tony, but one of the two said and referenced the rat in the office and that they needed to be taken care of. And within two days, Seth Rich was shot in the back in the middle of the street in Washington, D.C. That's right. So however we want to look at that, I don't know. But that happened in real time. 
like that happened while we were in the midst of finding all this stuff about these people. And it was quite, it was quite scary. A lot of people, like it went from a, a massive investigation with probably close to seven to 8,000 people to down to about 3,000 people regularly looking into it because it scared a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. Let me ask you this. There was a journalist, uh, I can't remember his name, a big fellow on Twitter <clears throat> that was really, his entire career was based on, you know, showing that the, getting justice for Seth Rich, but his family came out <clears throat> and said that the, you know, the official story was the truth and for people to stop looking into that. Do you think, and listen, I don't mean to speak for these people's families, right? Because obviously their son did die, right? And that's, that is a tragedy. But, you know, if I'm just speaking for myself, if that was my child in that situation, do you, do you think they were threatened? Do you think they were paid off? Or do you think they were just bought the official story, you know, Seth Rich's family? It's a hard question because it could be so many things. It could be, it could be the fact that people were cra went crazy over this information. Literally, people lost their minds looking into Pizzagate. I almost lost my mind looking into Pizzagate. It's 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 rough that and I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. I do know that people are easily manipulated. I know that human beings that have lost a child in that violent kind of very quick manner that were involved with people with names like the Clintons, I can imagine how scared you would be for your other children. That's a great point. And that goes back. Like, to, doesn't that go back to accountability again? To with everything that we know about the Clintons, what they have done, that they are still walking free. The Podesta is still walking free. Um, you know, all the people who have messed and overstepped the Constitution and done just illegal things. If you or I just did one tenth of a percent of what the Clintons have done, we'd be locked in, Mont you know, Guantanamo Bay for for life. Right. I've always said that about vaccines as well. If I took even one third of the ingredients in a vaccine and I put it into a needle and shot it into my child in my kitchen, I'd be put in jail for life. Like, it's the same exact thing. Uh, it's that, it's, you know what, it's the whole political correctness thing. I think that's where political correctness comes into this and like being too careful. People are too sensitive and they're too bought into being victims. I think people... I think the general populace, unfortunately, really enjoys being victimized because they don't know any other way to exist. You know, that's a, like, a really good point because you look, you know, people love to play the victim card because number one, it really gives them a platform, right? And they get their mm -hmm. attention. They'll go behind uh, TikTok. They'll make themselves a TikTok video on how they were victimized, you know, whether it was not being called the, pro the proper pronoun or, or, or something of that effect. Mm -hmm. That's a very astute point. Yeah, and that drives me bad. I can't, I can't deal with that. Oh, <laughs> uh, that whole, the yeah, no. Uh, let's not talk about gay frogs. Did you see that interview? Did you see the interview with Blair White and Alex Jones? Yes. <laughs> oh my god, that was so good. I saw the title of Let's Talk About Gay Frogs with Alex Jones and I was like, yes! <laughs> it was like the comedy arena for conspiracy theorists everywhere. It was great. Yeah, for sure. You know, sometimes you need little things like that to just kind of release the tension because like you said, especially this particular rabbit hole with Pizzagate, it's, 
you know, we did a three hour broadcast and you shine a light of, uh, on it to me. And that's, it's rough. It's a lot to take for me. It, again, it goes back to, it's hard for me to fathom how people can do things like this to children. I mean, that is, you know, even in the Bible, it says if anyone were to harm a child, you know, they should be have a millstone uh, around their neck and cast into the water. So they just sink directly to, you know, to the bottom of the ocean. And um, this, to say the children were harmed would be the understatement of the century. And to say that they are consistently to this day and have been for a long period of time harmed uh, is an understatement of the year. They are to this, that is the hardest thing to live with after realizing there are so many cool things that come from being awake, right? There's so much crap that you have to trudge through to get there, but there are so many cool questions that you can ask at the end of that, at the end of that rainbow, right? Like there's like at the end of that storm, there's the rainbow and you can kind of like ask different questions. Like what shape is the earth without being afraid of what people are going to think of you or like think of your thoughts. You know what I mean? So like, cause it doesn't matter cause they're in the program still. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't have the ability to see outside of that to the point where they can question their surroundings, you know? But leading to that and the crap that you have to walk through to get there through Pizzagate, the stuff that the stuff that we found, we had so when when we were doing the research, George, I always had there was two tabs always open, no matter how many other tabs were open. There was always two main tabs at the very beginning of my tab search. One was the FBI report button, and the other because if you don't report it, then you've just you've just received whatever that horrific stuff is. You don't know what it is at that point. Like I would send it on opening if it was something like that because you would literally get shocked with things like that. You would open up a, a file name and it, or you would click on a picture in a website that you didn't even expect to be a link and it would lead you to a doorway that would lead you to another doorway that would lead you to links. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like and yeah. eventually, eventually it does. It gets, it gets pretty overwhelming to hear and see these things over and over again and then no one do anything about it feels like you're standing on top of a rooftop screaming at the top of your lungs that someone's kids are in a house and the house is on fire. When do you want me to stop screaming that your kids are asleep in bed? It's the same as vaccines. I don't know. When, when, do, you want, when do you want the person that can see the damage happening from the outside to stop screaming at you that something's happening? Yeah, it's like uh, that famous scene with Roddy Piper. You just want to beat him up and put the sunglasses on him and show them what's really going on. I wish there was a pair of sunglasses, but I don't think there is. No, that's the <laughs> sunglasses are, you know, I guess in your brain and in your heart, you just have to find them within yourself. Right. You just have to, you just have to be ready to have a, be able to fight. That's what it is. You can't be, you can't be a gardener in a war anymore. You have to be a warrior in a garden. Well said. And in, in your research, who was at the very top of the food chain in this? If you were to what, guess, like, uh, who it, was the most? Like, who was the most? Who was running? Who I was guess running? running the the entire thing. There's, usually, there's got to be somebody at the top making the calls. Or do you think it was a well, collection? It certainly, of, isn't, it certainly isn't Hillary Clinton. Sure. So, um, look, I think the closest that we've gotten to the root of the problem was John and Tony Podesta. They were shut. They were shadows. They've been shadows. 
of the American government for over 30 years they've worked for the government. Where who, who on this earth elected those men to be a part of our government system? Not one, I didn't. No, you probably didn't. You know what I mean? You were voting for the presidents and these people are the lobbyists. Lobbyists. This is what everyone refers to when they say lobbying is a dangerous part of, of any system because this is when places uh, things happen like Exxon owns the oil and gas com- like the oil and gas regulations right so they can they can regulate themselves right that's like letting a child regulate themselves in a cookie jar are you <laughs> freaking kidding me like i know for a fact my child would be f- vomiting by the end of it you know what i mean yeah, like because he was so indulgent you know eat all the so, cookies just like if you open you know a bag of dog food the dog's not going to stop till he's eaten it all <laughs> yeah or until he until he can't anymore and he right. just like lays down on top of the food and goes, <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah but john podesta who was just looking at him he he's very creepy he was the chief he was the white house chief of staff with bill clinton from uh 98 to 2001 and then he was the uh i guess senior counselor to barack obama for two years 2014 mm-hmm. to 2015 and again he mysteriously kind of disappeared uh, in 2016 when things kind of uh, went sideways. Well, when he got exposed with his butt hanging out to the to the to the world that was willing to see it, he got he got caught with his pants down, and he got caught mid act. I'm I am a hundred percent convinced that that is the reason why he's not seen anymore. Are, are you aware of his ties to George Soros? Yeah. Yeah, all of it. And this is what I'm saying. Like, so when you ask me who the pinpoint head head is, at, in this particular situation, they were the main funnel into the White House from George Soros and co, in my opinion. Right, because if I'm not mistaken, while he is uh, trudged away from the public spotlight, he is still the chairman for the Center of American Progress, which is oh, yeah. uh, you know, a part of the Open Society Foundation, which is... Um, <laughs> Uh, all part of, you know, Open Society, George Soros, and he's the guy who's overthrown all these governments. Uh, so there is, uh, you know, he's part of a very evil, you know, I don't want to sound like a movie, but he's part of a very and, evil organization, right? And right. So you've just linked him back to one media source, and there was a very open link between, so James Alephantas and David Brock. David Brock was the, the um, he was the, what news thing did he run? He ran that true America. He was like one of the original fact checkers. Um, the new, uh, new American something. I can't remember. David Brock, Project for he new was American the media Century? giant. Yes, that's it. And he was, he was James Alephantis's boyfriend. He's a pizza shop owner in Washington, DC. I'm sorry, but eat one. If you don't think he's, uh, listen, that man is freaking evil. Do you know what? Uh, do you know what Alephantis is broken down into? It was like, in in French, it was broken down. His name broken down into words in French is like something to do with an infant. I'll have to find it. I'll have to find the translation. But there's like in his name, Alephantis itself, it's like Ella Infante, which is is something to do with loving infants. You can't make this stuff up. Let's spend a moment on him. How do you go from being just a regular pizza owner to, I forget what magazine it was, but he was declared one of the 
with 20 or 50 most powerful men in Washington, D.C., a pizza shop owner. You're talking Washington, D.C., the most powerful people in the world and you know, the pizza shop owners in the top 25 or whatever. It's because he supplies all the children, don't you know? But what was the story? Literally. How did he come up with all this money? I mean, so look, if you look at the street, if you look at the street alone that that shop exists on where, where, where Comet Ping Pong is, there is a bookstore that's owned by Hillary Clinton. There's a, a thing called something in, something in prostitutes there that's owned by someone else. There's another shop that's owned by Alephantas. That's It's uh, Bucks Fishing and Hunting, and it's a restaurant. It's a restaurant. It's not a fishing store. It's a restaurant, yeah, and that's the place with the underground stuff. That's why everyone got confused so comet ping pong itself in the floor plans doesn't have underground connections but in a video that he did for an advertisement because they have to tell you they have to give you silent consent and they have to leave these clues everywhere you just have to find them right he did an advertisement three years before pizzagate happened showing how he he went and harvested all of his own tomatoes made his own tomato paste for his pizzas and then stored it underground under bucks fishing and camping Really? Mm-hmm. So there goes that story that there's no underground connection. Mm-hmm. And that was that was that was that was that was found out at the exact same time it was denied, by the way. That was that was that's always been known. That's always been a firm, firm thing that comes from anyone that knows anything about the original investigation. Let's talk about the comet ping pong shooting. Do you think that was uh, scripted to <laughs> keep people away, or do you think that was because Edgar Allen? Go ahead, Edgar Allen. <laughs> that no, is the name of the guy, right? He fired. Oh man, listen, that was a joke. Okay, there was very, there was a very concise understanding between everyone that was investigating this that there was no physical action to be taken at this point. We were taking no physical action at this point we had dude we had tens of thousands of emails to read there was no way that within that time zone we were even ready if we wanted to to have a physical action we didn't have floor plans for the places we didn't have anything we had no knowledge we were still digging at that point and the reason why that happened was because another guy one of the researchers who was researching through titus frost have you ever heard of titus frost not that i recall He's 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 been a researcher for a long time. He has a he had a really big YouTube channel for a while there. But yeah, he he him and this other guy that he knew got through the ping comet ping pong website and found a back door in the website, and the back door had tons of stuff in it. We didn't get full access, and it was closed down when the shooting happened because the hard drive, the modem. That, that everything was stored on was the only thing that was shot. What are the odds of that happening? And the day after the shooting, because we went crazy, we were like, who the hell is this guy? Within 10 minutes of the shooting being announced, being announced, it was all over the place that he had a he had an acting profile on IMDb and he'd hit a kid on a bike the day before 
uh, no, sorry, it was a couple of weeks or, or six months or something. It was within the six months of the shooting happening. He'd actually hit a kid on a bike while driving under the influence. So you tell me that wasn't a bribery to get off from like a life sentence. Oh, wow. You're not, I'm looking at, I didn't know he has an IMDB. Edgar Madison Welch is known for roles for The Mill, uh, A Tale About Bootlegging, and Moot. So he's, yeah, he's an actor in movies. Just and like Pizzagate. And the Pizzagate shooting. We should add that in there. That's funny. And then the same guy, David, what's his name from the, the, the Sandy Hook? He had an IMDB. Yeah, bloody oath they did. That They're is actors. crazy. And so you said he, he hit a youngster on a bike the day before? Well, within within the six week period before the shooting happened, he'd actually, or he was in the proceeds of going through a court case where he was under the influence of something, and he had hit a child on a bike, and there was, um, uh, yeah, he was he was going to get a long time for it. Whereas he only got like seven years for the shooting, he would have got like twenty five years for the killing of this kid because he was driving under the influence. Welch, a native of Salisbury, North Carolina made news in his home state last month after allegedly ramming his Buick LeSabre into a teenage pedestrian. According to local news, the 13-year-old had suffered head, torso, and leg injuries. Uh, he stayed at the scene. And and this was, uh, again, just a few weeks. And again... <laughs> you can't make this stuff up, George. No, you really so can't. this was October 25th, and that happened. Yes, yeah, so you're talking about five weeks. It happened within six weeks of it. Yeah. Yes, 100%. And that is, I'm reading it from the news, you know, from this news website. Wow. They have to tell you these things. Uh, Kayla, look, I'm they sure it's just a coincidence. Come on. Oh, oh, okay. I'm going to get myself a coincidence cup. And every time there's a coincidence, I want someone to put a $2 coin in there because I'm going to be the richest mofo in the world. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> wow. That is, uh, that is very eye-opening. So I'm why, why, why James Elephantis? Why him? Why, why, why make that the home? Because of the connections he had and who came up with a plan for all this stuff to go on in his location? So it, it's, it's, listen, I don't know why, but from what I've, okay, so my, in my opinion, he's one of these kids that they've, you know how they do those tests in school and stuff and they like have special readings in these tests, but they don't tell anyone that those special readings happen for the CIA and stuff? Yes. I think he's one of those kids. So he's like a Timothy McVeigh. Uh, he's like many of our American patsies. I really truly think that he's, or, or he could, it's quite possible. One thing that I've really, really considered is that he was one of those abused children because what happens with the cycle of abuse is that usually a pedophile makes a pedophile, right? So, like, if you don't heal from that damage, the potentiality of you becoming an abuser yourself is actually a lot higher than someone that wasn't abused. Not necessarily will you become an abuser and most average people don't. However, that can be a reaction in some people, especially when it, especially when it's viewed as okay in today's society. Like the more okay it gets and the less punishment there is for it, the more people will do it. I think the only reason why we have a, a little bit of a chance at the moment is because of how angry people get at it. At the same time, I think that that's a dangerous thing. Like what you started this whole thing out with, I would really like to say to everyone is as much as this stuff is disturbing, I wouldn't give kids details. But I, I, one of the things being a mum that I've really taken pride in is teaching my kids about consent 
and my kids are young. My kids are really young. My kids are three and five, almost six. And they both understand consent better than most adults these days. That's a hell of a statement, <laughs> but I think you're right. I think you're, you're a hundred percent right. Um, it's really sad. It's sad for me to be able to say that. I don't want to say that because I'm proud. I'm proud that I've, I'm trying to overcome it, but I'm not proud that the fact that, that our society is at that point where I have to warn my six year old kid not to let other people touch him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The fact that like, yeah, I don't know. I don't lie to my kids though. Like I've never told them that Santa exists. I've never told them that the tooth fairy exists. If something comes from someone, it's from me and dad. Do you know what I mean? Like I've never lied to them. And like, I just had that question a few weeks ago, mum, why did you not tell me that Santa exists? Because I don't lie to you. I don't lie to you. If I told you that a man once a year was able to come down our chimney without us knowing or being aware of it and leave presents for you kids, you tell me that's not this first step of grooming and trusting someone else on top of that, then when they turn old enough that they realise that their parents just willingly lied to them for 10 years of their life and that it was okay. And that when they realise that it's like, oh, it's okay, don't worry about it. It was just Santa. Don't spoil it for your little sister. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's really sad. It's a really sad uh, dichotomy that's created through those little lies that become really big soul crushes for kids. Yep. And you take that and then you, people move their children into the public indoctrination camps of public schools, which I don't know how, you know, corrupted your, you know, schools have become down there, but it's pretty bad here. And you see stories every single day with school teachers, you know, with, with the, uh, all these, you know, innuendos and, and just, uh, the, what, what's the word I'm looking for? These, um, uh, what is it with all these things? <laughs> Yes. Say again. It's political. It's political it, correctness at its worst. Yeah, as a but ball, you see all this really bunch of yeah, all this evil that's been brought into our school and and how God's been taken out. Is it bad? Is it bad down there in Australia? And do you are you going to homeschool? I already homeschool. I've, that was one thing that I was always sure of. That's one thing. Even even as someone that's a little bit more reserved when it comes to like what I know. My, uh, my the boy's dad they he's still even that's one thing he is 100 percent convinced of that homeschooling is the only way to do it but my my kids you know it's like felix felix my oldest he's got he's got some like he's got some a little bit of dyslexia but that kid can tell you what so he, he doesn't read yet right because i've not forced him to because his brain his brain doesn't see things the way we see things right right so i've not forced that into him but that kid can tell you what every major organ in your body is for what it does what it what its actions are together like he can tell you how the human body functions and why it does what it does you tell me what 5 year old can do that not many not many, but that's realistic stuff that he will live with for the rest of his life and he'll understand how his body works and how health works. That's awesome. And I really, you know, I've always said either find yourself, your, your child, a good private school or, you know, and I tell people that there's so many uh, homeschool options out there online and you can go through it and choose what to teach and what not to teach. So Uns unschooling. If anyone wants to do it, the funnest way to do it is unschooling. That's what they call it. It's an actual thing and it's it's a scientifically proven thing that your kid will end up happier, more well-adjusted, smarter, 
more oriented towards family. Uh, just everything is better. Even if you start, so this is the thing, right? Most people go, oh, but I can't afford to stay away. Okay, well, find find a teacher that's just lost their job because of these mandates, put together a group of kids from mums in the same position that don't want their kids in that, that position and pay the teacher together collectively. Start your own homeschooling program with a teacher. Take them to the teacher's hire a hole or something once a week. Take them down there. There's their school for the week. Do you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. It's you have the ability to do that. That's one thing I'm pretty thankful for here in Australia that we have a little bit of ease on. We do have a lot of, we do have a little bit of a leeway with with schooling here, which here, is nice. We, we do get that, once a year checks though. Yeah, that's like here in Delaware. I just uh, report the day I start, and then the day we end, and how many days. I'm literally they don't ask anything else. So that's one good thing. And I live in a quote unquote blue state. But there are some states like I think Washington State and a few others that really make it difficult for homeschooling and they want to know what you're teaching. Very invasive. So, again, uh, you have to be wary about where you live and the the local rules and regulations. Getting back to what we were talking about, you know, in the Bible, it says during the end times, people will look as evil as good and good versus evil. And all you have to do is watch about an hour of, quote unquote, the news, right? Um, and, and you see all what's going on and how, you know, evil it is that they're they're going to overturn Roe versus Wade or, you know, the things they're trying to indoctrinate into elementary school by teaching, you know, these uh, gender bending classes to children. Um, how much of this in Pizzagate do you think uh, is satanic? All of it. All of it. There's no way. Listen, I've I've gone over this a hundred million times in my own head, and plus some probably. And I think the only reason why they have such focus, like you think about it, how does someone like they can't just perpetuate this massive plan in a short period of time? There's some longevity behind this. You know what I mean? And if the average lifespan is only say a hundred years. Say 100, well, let's say maximum 120, 130 years, right? If they're injecting human blood or whatever they do to keep themselves alive, right? So say they live 120 years. That's still not enough to cover what we're going through right now. That's still not enough to cover the length of time and the amount of generational pass downs that this has had to get to this point. So the only thing that can cause that amount of um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like um, resolute, like resolute, um, a, a resolute decision between a lot of people. It's like the Antarctic Treaty, right? When is that ever heard of? What other treaty in the world is signed by every single country in the entire world? Well, thankfully, not the the WHO Pact that we were talking about before the show started. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, that fell yeah. short. So just to be really clear, that wasn't actually a treaty. People were calling it the treaty to get it attention, but it was actually amendments to an existing treaty. There you go. Yeah, just to make it clear because that's that's really important because they will try this again. But we won! Yeah, and again, we have to take our small victories when we can, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what saves you the next battle. 
Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. Somebody had sent me something. Speaking of the things they're trying to indoctrinate our children with, Disney, again, uh, Mark Dice pointed this out just a couple days ago. Disney is still today, unless it's been pulled off within the last five days, they have aired a, a drag queen special for children again they and they're coming for their well, children and they don't even make uh they don't try to hide it anymore even after the reports for the last six weeks about disney losing all of their all of their stuff because of all their pedophile references listen i was looking at netflix today because i i have this strict rule with my kids i don't let them watch anything without me watching it first so i was looking at the new releases and i was just watching and there was a netflix original now i always watch netflix original kid movies because i want to know what they're trying to program into the kids because right. netflix originals is difference between them buying the rights to a movie and them creating something for themselves this netflix original george i could not freaking believe my ears within the first 15 minutes they were teaching kids to disobey their parents because it was their choice and their body this little kid was literally supposed it was being portrayed as old as my son six years old what what so then, then this brings us back around to that circle, right? Like um, teaching your kids consent now, because if you don't teach the kids consent now, then they're not going to know it for when it's really important, right? Like that's it's if 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 I should, yeah, listen, teaching your kids that stuff is so important. I, rem I I let the kids watch Pokemon. A good example of it, I let the kids watch Pokemon, and one of the Pokemon Charmander was sick. His flame was going out on his tail. So they were rushing him to the emergency room. And when they got to the emergency room, I heard this squeal from the other uh, from the kitchen because I was making dinner. Felix comes running in, Mom, 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 come and look at this, come and look at this. The sign above the doors that open where they wheel them off into the emergency area, mm -hmm. the sign above the door had a big fat needle in the middle of it, flashing. It was the brightest area on the screen, George. And Felix was like, look, Mum, look, they're trying to program us with vaccines. That kid can only say that because I have taught him that that's what those shows are. I'm having a refresh moment. There we go. I think the uh, NSA has hit me. <laughs> Are you still there? Oh. There we go. Okay. I, there you I think are. that guy in the white van down the street just uh, shot a little power surge at me, but I think we're back. I think we're back. We're good. Uh, there we go. So one thing I do Wait. want to touch on, we've only got about seven or eight minutes left, but you had been talking about uh, The Handmaid's Tale. Oh. And if you'd like to kind of brief the, the listeners what your takeaway is from The Handmaid's Tale. I, I watched that as a mum two years ago and I was shocked by it. It's one of the most emotionally disturbing things I've ever watched as a woman. I highly recommend every single person watch it and get your own information from it. It is one of – listen, when, when Dr. Artis started talking about the poison, this blew my mind, right, because he talks about the blacklist. Anyone that's heard about the Venom has heard about the blacklist episode, right, because he's said – Look, this is what it was on the media, 2016, right? Same year as Pizzagate, mind you. Anyway, um, I just lost my thoughts because I got distracted with Pizzagate again. But so do when Dr. Artis started talking, he said Gilead, 
and my brain exploded. I was like, oh, Gilead is what they name the place that, that gets taken over in America on Hans, Handmaid's Tale. That's what they name the region, Gilead. And I was just like, what the hell? There's problems with fertility. They use the Bible, um, these, like, these extremists that have taken back over or tried to take over the US government um, have tried to return everyone back to like a 1950s lifestyle, but with a manipulated angle from the Bible. So like they use certain stories of like the, uh, I can't remember exactly which story it was, George, off the top of my head, but one of the ones about the woman that's not able to conceive. So she has a baby through another woman Mm -hmm. and they use that, they use that to justify the rape of these women and like the producing of these rape based babies into this society. And it's crazy. And then like, uh, it's 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 phenomenal. It's one of the most phenomenal things I've ever had to consume in my brain, and that's saying something. But when I went back and watched it, it's very very instrumental in what we're going through right now. I don't think I had the imagination that we could end up there so quickly. But I've watched it again in the last six six to eight weeks, and I can absolutely see how we're going to end up there, and it's pretty scary. There's even radioactive wasteland that they send the women to that disobey and stuff. Like, tell me that's not post-war. Yeah, that's very uh, apocalyptic. Mm. Say that three times. And if you look at the maps and the way it's separated, like, so Florida, Texas, and all of those areas are still U.S. governed. Like, there's still a U.S. government, but it's a lot smaller. And Gilead goes across the center and the top part of america and then in between there the separation between the two is the radioactive wasteland that's very interesting and you know texas and florida are really the two of the last states you know the final frontier if you will who are standing up against much of this evil funny that isn't it i thought that was an interesting point to make for that reason and it's interesting because canada is actually the free place in the show so canada is where people try and escape to from gilead well, that that would be fiction. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it's true because they've put up the fight now that we should be putting up now, but they've put it up now. So now that they've tried to take the guns now, maybe they all put up enough of a fight that they'll win their freedoms back. I can see how it would happen, George. I can see how Trudeau and little Castro, let's call him little Castro, has overstepped his bounds to the point where the people aren't going to comply with these gun orders. Yeah. People don't care about what he says. They don't like him anymore. They're not going to respect him. Look at what the truckers did to him. And then look, well, look what they did to the truckers. They took $10 million of their money without even blinking, and then they threw the leader in jail. She's out now. But again, I mean, it's these are things that just even 10 years ago, I think people would have laughed at if you tried to say, hey, in 2022, this is going to happen. People would be like, man, you're high. You, you need to go get help. But I mean, it's happening mm-hmm. before a very high. The last two years has just been... Uh, really incomprehensible, even though, you know, listen, we, we've seen it coming. We've seen the steady demise uh, over the last 20 years. When, you know, we really shouldn't be surprised, I guess. No wonder Alex Jones screams all the time. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, if uh, listen, I've only been doing this publicly behind a microphone for a couple of years. I, I couldn't imagine do, there's days where I think, you know, I need to just tell the audience I need to step away for a month because it's very, uh, it's depressing. It, it's, you know, here's the thing that really like freaks me out when there's people historically who thought were good people, uh, whether it be Abraham Lincoln or Re- Ronald Reagan, you know, the guys who were really, you know, 
the men who made the country it is. And then you find out the truth about them. That's what's really disheartening for me. You know, do we really have any heroes? And I guess the answer is you got to look in the mirror and the only person who's going to save you is you, I guess. Well, you're a hero, George. You're a hero. You know why? You know what makes a hero in my opinion? Someone that can, someone that can adapt and survive someone that can, not just adapt and survive, but learn how to help people at the same time and like have that driving passion for humanity because you didn't go you didn't go and fight for something that you didn't think wasn't real. You know what I mean? You went and fought for your country, for your family, for people you didn't even know. And that was all out of the goodness and the, like, do you know what I mean? That's all out of because of who you are constitutionally as a human being, that is who you are. So... I feel like I feel like now your position now is stronger than ever, and I know it's depressing. I get it, way man. Sometimes this crap just—it's easy to drown in, right? That's why when things happen like Blair White, like what you said, Blair White and Alex Jones. Oh, it made my day to see that. It literally <laughs> made my day. The fact that they can laugh together, the fact that they can just—people are starting to get to the point where they can sit down, completely directly opposing opinions. And have an open dialogue about something that usually would cause an absolute shit fight. Yeah. yeah. That is hopeful to me. That is one of the things that brings hope to me, regardless of what happens and how people are, how they're going to try and enact this, the, the connection that I'm seeing in humanity, even, even miles apart, right, when it would normally be a really tumultuous conversation. Now at least people, people are, are able to have a civil conversation. Right, about hard topics that usually are really emotional. Right, and that's the point, hard topics. We have about 30 seconds left. Uh, Is there anything you want to put out if people want to reach out to you? How can they they do so? Um, If they want to reach out to me, just just tell George and we can just do the swaps if you want. I don't have any public stuff because I try not to. um, Australia is a little bit crazy on surveillance, so I just try to... So there you go. If you want to reach out to her, just email me, thefacthunter at mail.com. Again, thefacthunter at mail.com. Uh, I'll get you in connection with her. She's a wealth of information. Uh, she's a great mom and a great friend. And it's great to have you know a frontline person on the ground in Australia who can give you some great information. And real quick, before the music comes on, what are you guys paying for gas down there right now? Uh, $2.10 a liter at the moment. So about and that's eight, a liter. About $8.50 a gallon. Something like that, yeah. Wow. So and I it's guess going I should... up 30 cents next week. That's insane. Uh, that's about it, folks. Have a great day. Stay tuned for the Earth Gallon Show. We'll talk to you soon. Love you.